I think everyone's got it figured out now around the league, but just a thought for everyone. If you listen to any national commentator talk about this team and they say something like that they don't buy it, remember, they just exposed themselves. They either don't watch or they don't know. And they just told you something about themselves. So if you hear somebody talk about this team with doubt at this point, it doesn't mean they're going to make the NBA Finals. It doesn't mean they're going to win the NBA title. They're every bit as good as anybody else in the league at this point. And if somebody says something else, they either don't watch or they don't know. Or And who's playing much better than what the Jazz are playing right now? This is ridiculous. Tim Lacombe hopefully chuckled in the middle of the night when he got a text from me, which you're not allowed to repeat on the air. But what are we watching, Tim? My dear man, I've answered this question a couple times, and I'm going to stay with it. We're watching history. Um, I said that way back when, but it's a, uh, you know, it hit me tonight, too. It's, you know, we've talked about the things that this team is a lead at. Uh, but a coach's dream, you know, coaches are ripped on all the time for living in the moment, the cliche of one game at a time, focus on the next challenge. Um, the reason a coach says that is because really what you want to try to get into the habit of. You don't want to think too far down the road, and you don't want to, you know, think of, of lost opportunity. You want to focus, and that's what I feel like this team is elite at right now. They, you know, this game obviously did not go like the others in, in the streak. They, they were uh, a little confounded by Miami and did a great job of more than anything just playing with the pedal of the metal. I thought what really broke this game was their relentlessness in, relentlessness in transition, you know, coupled with their just amazing defense. But the way they got out, particularly in the second quarter, got to the rim, and it was everybody. Um, just a great job of understanding, hey, threes aren't going tonight. We're getting rim, so let's take rim. Uh, yeah, and the defense. They threw a shutout the first six minutes of the third quarter. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I've been the one to say all the way along that, you know, as good as this team plays offensively, defense is the, is the calling card, and it's what makes everything work. And it's why a night like tonight, you know, you look at the – if you were to look at the box, they still got, um, you know, a slew of threes off. They just didn't make uh, threes like they make them typically. Made 12 tonight for 46, 26%, but it was never – I mean, once that they got through that initial push, it was never a run. I so mean, never a game. second half of last night, and – Tonight, the Jazz have, like, shot 25% from three over six quarters, and they've outscored their opponent by 20 points. It's a gimmick. <laughs> I mean, like, what is going on? No, and it, it, but, but the, the attention, you know, like you said, if you watch this team, the attention to detail defensively, the, the way that these guys are locked in, and then it, it's just hard to put into words what Rudy does defensively. Um, he threw a shutout. There was amazing plays there in a row where they drove it at him, drove it at him, and it was just – you called it Go-Bear-Land. It was so much like that. They were like, we've got to get out of here. Mom and dads will not let children play in Go-Bear-Land without adult supervision. They just will not. It's not allowed. It's like in Hansel and Gretel's Forest. Right. It's a me. It's like, you know, you know, it's a, it's got like, you know, Rudy's an attractive man, but Go-Bear-Land is, is a mean, nasty place with like, you know, spikes and like claws and scary children children wake up in the middle of the night because of stuff like this yes they do there's like five drops we need to pull from that last yeah. bit right there alone 
Oh man. Hey David, real quick, this uh, everything was positive tonight. I'm just disappointed in you personally. Don't take it personally. Oh, I'm just disappointed in probably, you personally. Probably, probably appropriately, but what for? You missed a palindrome. I did. Yes, seventy-five fifty-seven. We're thinking of getting a sound effect like the thirty-point bell, but like a like I mean, a palindrome. When there's a palindrome, we'll. I missed the palindrome. Was it like in the midst of our insane run? When yeah, I lost it my was. Head? Yes, oh, okay. seventy-five fifty-seven. Yeah, well, that's why, because I had lost my head. <laughs> we lived so, through palindromes, though. I was like literally though. jumping up and down. But I, you know, like I, pure fan came out of me. Like if I was at home, I would have been like running around the house, jumping up and down, going crazy. That is exactly what I was doing because I have so much room here because of the plexiglass and the six feet spacing. That I like literally was like jumping up and down and running around in my little booth. Well, the first first time it happened to me tonight, Rudy blocked that shot in the first half with like two minutes left in the second quarter, spur that break, and I got up out of my seat like the old days and was like pointing to the other direction, like let's go. So it's happening to all of us. Right. So that's all. I've just been listening a long time. I don't think I've ever heard you miss a palindrome. Um, Bazooka. Yeah, we do. Could we, should we get a sound effect? A palindrome so. sound effect? We can find something. Um, Are you having fun, David? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's just a weird... Like, you have great context on this. You, you're you talking about... You've been, been around and seen a lot of... Like, this is history, right? Right. I mean, yes, I'm having a great time. It's really fun. Uh, it would be really neat to have the same access we've always had. I'm not just... Just because... It, I've always think... I always send Quinn, like, the sa- same text at the end of the year, which is, thanks for the front row seat to watch, to watch you work. Like, because it's just incredible. And it would be it would be really there's just a piece of knowledge I don't have right now that I wish I I mean I talk to these still talk, these are my close friends I still talk to a lot of them all the time, but I still just wish there was just like they're just doing so many things so remarkably and you and I promise you that they've worked on them the day before. Oh no right? doubt no right doubt. and so when when in the past years what we've been able to do is you go to practice and you watch them work on something and then you see it happen the next day it's really overwhelming. And so this is, like, different in the sense it's almost like an Elizabeth George mystery book where, like, you're surprised by what you're seeing, where I used to actually have, like, somebody foreshadowing what I was about to see for me. Does that make sense? It's really different. Um, but it, it maybe makes you more of a fan because you just can't believe what you're watching, that they have another answer every night. It's pretty great. You ask the question a lot, what are you watching, David? I'm watching... Everything that Quinn Snyder has tried to build in seven years come to fruition, particularly on the offensive end of the floor, where for the first five years of his time as the head coach, he did not have a team. He had a perfectly good team. I've got to figure out how to phrase this correctly. He did not have a team that could optimize what he wanted to do offensively. Right? We were playing with two bigs most of the time. If you really think about it, we're only 100 days games into Quinn Snyder's coaching career without two bigs. That's it. This is his masterpiece. Like 105 games in to being able to have a potent offensive-built basketball team. Right? We were a defensive-built team. Very good. Again, I'm not, I don't want to, someone to take this out of context. But that's what I'm watching. I'm watching a guy who's an absolute offensive basketball genius who has the greatest defensive player in the world, so he's figured out how to use him. He's just a basketball genius, actually. I should take that back. He's just a basketball genius. 
And so for all these years, we've and what he's doing with Rudy's amazing. Like, remember all the talk about, oh, if you get Rudy away from the rim, you can't, like, okay, when was, when was the last time you saw Rudy away from the rim? Yeah, they've figured out, they figured out how to like, manage I mean, that, that. Like, right? Like, I mean, yep. I mean, that answer from Quinn the other night to Ben Anderson on the postgame, that 13-minute answer that everyone's talking, like, go back and really listen to it. Because what he's really saying is this takes a heck of a lot of work. There's a little edge, at least I heard this, and maybe I hear it differently because I admire him so much and I'm a full belief, a full member of the cult of Quinn. Um, but to me, I heard a little frustration in that of like, this has taken so much work to get here. Please understand that. That's what I heard out of that 10-minute thing. And it's still happening. So that's what I, sorry, that, that, that's no, a that's, long answer. But I'm watching answer. the genius of Quinn Snyder come together in a collective, back to the first day, is obvious, obvious unselfishness was the first phrase that we heard out of him at the very first training camp. And then they had this incredibly difficult task of playing, trying to play two different styles of basketball, which you can't do. You, Tim, you can probably talk to no, this better. No, absolutely. You, you can't can. do it. You can't try to play one style with Favors and Gobert and another style with your and, – and frankly, the, three, the, the fours were Cephalosha and Jarebko and Diaw and, um, for, and Joe Johnson, who was okay for a while, who was kind of Jordan Clarkson before Jordan Clarkson. And then he got Boyan, and he's figured out how to use Royce, and he's got multiple pick and roll. And then, like, then they built, then the front office went and got him these players that match, and look what's happening. Yeah, it's to me, you know, Majerus used to say all the time, and it's one of the great things. I think it's carried spacing is offense, offense is spacing. And this is, this offense is a spacing clinic. How do you possibly have a play in a 24 second shot clock? Where Boyan Bogdanovich drives the baseline from the same spot twice. What's great is there's no play. They're, what he's taught these guys, he's not teaching them plays. He's teaching them how to play. Yeah, that's and the, okay, Tim. That's it. Everybody hear that? Tim just nailed it. The coach just like that's it. That's exactly what Quinn's always been doing. Like we're gonna put you. He calls it flow. We're gonna put you in flow. Then you go. You react. You go. That was why he threw the clipboard on the. Like that's the moment, right? He put the clipboard on the bench. Like you guys know what to do. Do it. Decide. Yeah, the, the, that's that is that is the essence of it, though. He, these guys are what's so great because you cannot stop great basketball. You know, if it's spaced and you're you've got a numbers advantage and the guys make the right play, this is what you see. This makes it interesting. It's really fun, and hey. I really, I really, I'm really happy for. You know, let's hope it keeps rolling, but I'm really happy for everyone involved because, you know, from the front office of Dennis and Justin, who made the the pivot from realizing that they were too defensive-minded and they just they didn't have enough offense to beat the Houstons of the world, to the offensive pivot to realize, okay, well, we actually now don't have enough defense to pivoting, you know, to finding the way to, to get it back so that you now have both, right? And And then for the coaching staff to be able to, I mean, these guys work, and to see... That that was the answer. That was what that answer was. That answer was this is this is seven years in the making. This isn't like we're not like this isn't a little bit. I think a little bit. This isn't just a hot streak or an anomaly. This is everything we've been trying to do our entire lives. And you can't do like he got into the Missouri stuff about the different style. You know he'd been at 
he'd been at Duke where they'd spaced, and then he got to Missouri where he had bigs, right? Then he went and took Missouri to either Elite Eight or I think it was Elite Eight with a bunch of 6'5 guards, right? Yeah. I mean, go back and look at it wasn't Elite Eight. Go look at that Elite Eight team. And then he goes to Europe and, and, and you know, goes to L.A. And, and becomes Kobe's guy. Like, nobody knows how close they were, by the way. Nobody knows that. They were so close. And, and he, you know, and he takes all that knowledge. And then he goes to Europe because he thinks Edero's a genius and he wants to work with him and he, and he learns the European game. And then he comes, and then Dennis Lindsay has enough faith in him to believe him. Gail Miller and buys into him. He's a bit of a reclamation project at the time. And now he's about, he, he, you know, like his world's about to change too, like from just purely Quinn's standpoint. Like, you know, he's like the fifth or sixth longest tenured coach in the league. He's going to have to answer questions about the national anthem and about, like he's now going to be a soothsayer of the league, right? Like this, that's, that, this is like, a, he's going to be a different world now. Next level, David, no doubt. Hey, buddy, uh, appreciate you. See you. Thanks, David. There you go. David Locke uh, calling all the action for you tonight with Ron Boone. The final. Jazz win again. 18 out of 19 now. 112-94 of the Heat. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, chalk up another one to the Utah Jazz. They beat the Miami Heat tonight, one twelve to ninety four. They moved to twenty two and five. They add to the best start in franchise history and uh, do it going away once again. Tim, it feels like we're kind of a a broken record talking about all these games. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a good thing to be redundant about. You're talking about a team's excellence. Um, certainly way better than having to figure out what's wrong. But, um, you know, the Jazz just find ways, and this has been the theme. Uh, but tonight, you know, especially early, they could not get anything to go. Um, and there is a feeling out period. You know, uh, Miami was was aggressive, but they kind of gave different looks. Uh, they were switching a lot of things. They played some zone. And uh, it really kind of slowed the Jazz down early. They were doing a good job of getting their quick on shots. And the Jazz were a little indecisive, a lot of shot fakes that were, were talked about. Um, you know, a, a team like that, when the ball beats the defender, you got to shoot it uh, because you actually have a great chance to get that offensive rebound. But the Jazz worked through that and, and were able to go on a couple of different big runs to pull away, and that's kind of been the theme uh, of the season. Holding them scoreless for the first six and a half minutes of the third quarter certainly helped as that lead ballooned up to 20 pretty quick. And, you know, credit credit the defense. Miami plays hard. We knew they were going to play hard. Uh, Jimmy Butler's really good. you got to give Royce O'Neal just a, a boatload of credit for the job that he did on, on Jimmy Butler and the Jazz on a night where the three ball wasn't shooting. They still got the attempts up, 46 attempts, made 12 of them. But that wasn't, again, the story of tonight's game. It was about defense. They got to the rim. Donovan got to the line. And uh, just a, a solid performance, what we've come to expect from this team. And in the defensive, uh, you know, I think that's that's the piece that uh, tonight you hang, you know, a ton of the credit on because they were locked in. And even, you know, we've talked about how hard it is at times when you're not making baskets to have the motivation to score. Um, what this team's done is they've made that a non-factor. They're playing each possession and they're trying to win that possession. And that's where uh, the simplification of what Quinn's talking about and it's what I talked about with you guys in Crosstalk. Coaches really do want you to 
eliminate all the noise and focus on the moment. And the Jazz are doing a great job because it's hard when you miss that many shots in a row and you're it's frustrating and the other team's really physical, but they just keep finding a way and ultimately that damn breaks, you know, because they, they can make great runs with based on their defense and their offense. Donovan led the way tonight with 26 points. He did it on 9 of 21 shooting, uh, 3 of 12 from 3, 5 of 7 from the line. Uh, let's see here. Bogdanovich had 19. Gobert with another great night. 16, uh, 16 points go along with 12 rebounds and three block shots. And George Niang might have had his best game of the year. Uh, 14 points and five assists for uh, George coming off the bench. And I thought George was was really, really good. He made big shots. You know, he made shots as the balls kicked around and, and had his feet set. Um, but I also love that early in the game, you know, he came down, had a ton of confidence, and had the green light to take a transition three off the bounce. Um, I think that, that Quinn's talked about these are our shots, and uh, that's why this is working. Everybody understands that, hey, if I'm in that situation and they're guarding me like that, I can shoot it too. And that's where, you know, that's where this team, they're rewarded for playing really good defense and, and allowed to get out in that open floor and make plays. Yeah, they certainly did tonight. Fine example of it for sure. All right, the Jazz pull out a win. They beat the Heat tonight 112-94. to uh, for those of uh, for our network stations, we will tell you good night. Our next broadcast is coming your way Monday, a President's Day showdown, appropriately so with the Philadelphia 76ers. A <laughs> <laughs> land of liberty. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> I just, that just hit me. Like, wow, 76ers on President's Day. How about that? <laughs> all right, that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Uh, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. For those of you sticking around with us, we've got Coach uh, Snyder sound for you. We've got player sound as well. And we'll continue to break this one down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz win tonight. 18 and 19 now, 112 to 94 over the Miami Heat. And uh, Tim, this this was a fun one. This was a hard fought game on both sides. Uh, it, you, uh, great adjustments, hard play. It's it, it's amazing that the Jazz were able to play this well and this uh, with this much force to steal one of uh, Quinn Snyder uh, Quinn Snyder's buzzwords on an, on the second night of a back to back. Wouldn't have even noticed if we wouldn't hadn't have been sitting here in these seats last night at this time. Without Mike Conley. Without Mike Conley. Can't leave that out. So I'm just watching this. Uh, there's a, a Ryan Smith retweeted that play um, late in the game that the Jazz, is, they moved the, moved the ball. So seven passes side to side to side to a Rudy dunk. And if that isn't kind of this team right now, it's a, if you get a chance, look that up on Twitter. Um, Ryan Smith actually retweeted a Utah Jazz post, but great. Just unbelievably good ball movement, unselfishness, toughness. I mean, that's, that sums up everything right there. All right, let's let's uh, let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. <clears throat> Tonight, the Jazz from the field, 45.9%. They were 39 of 85 from three, 12 of 46 for 26.1%. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 26 points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Um Let's see here. Bogdanovich had 19 points on 7 of 13 shooting. He had six boards, three assists. Rudy, 16, 12, and 3. Another great night for Rudy, 4 of 5 from the line, might I add. 80%, pretty good last time I checked. 
George Niang, five of nine from the field, four of six from three. He had 14 points. Also had five assists, a steal, and three rebounds for George. Jordan Clarkson, 11, coming in off the bench, four of 15, shooting two of nine from three. But Jordan had five assists, and uh, we'll check in with our Tyson uh, stats, uh, stat nuggets of the game a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but uh, we established this last, last night when Jordan Clarkson gets four boards, the Jazz win. And tonight, Jordan Clarkson, exactly four rebounds. Book it. That's Book what it. happens. Um, four how about win. Joe Ingles is a plus 30 tonight in plus minus. How about that? Taking over for one Mike Conley while he's gone, kind of putting up those Conley numbers. But uh, Joe played a great floor game, really ran everything, uh, pushed it when he needed to push it. I thought he was ultra aggressive. To me, he might have made the play of the game. The Jazz were getting totally static, or stagnant offensively. Um, he went in and just uh, got a ball screen with favors and threw that thing over the top, and he got an early, kind of broke the middle of the floor for the first time all night. And it was really a simple play, but Joe just knew exactly where to go, where to, to get the, the ball screen, and knew that the way they were helping that the ball was going to be able to get passed over the top to Faves. All right, let's throw things downstairs uh, to the media room with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Okay, we'll get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach, on a night when the three was not falling at its normal rate, what do you think about the other ways in which your team worked to get it done tonight? Well, I, I think first the fact that we continue to shoot the ball. Um, we had some timely ones. Um, you know, I think the, the law of averages kicks in at some point. Um, however, you know, when you do have a tough night, that's when it becomes more important to defend, um, which is always important, but just more impactful even. And then we started attacking the rim. You know, I thought uh, even in pick and roll later, we, we found our bigs in roll situations when they were trapping. And I thought Donovan in particular in the third quarter came out and, and really attacked, um, got in the paint and, started making plays, you know, and, and getting on the rim, which was a big deal. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, what did you what did you get today? I mean, this might be obvious, but what did you get today from, from Royce O'Neal and, and, and George Yang? Well, you know, we have tremendous confidence in those guys. And, you know, they're they're different players. Um, you know, they can be equally impactful. Obviously, you know, Royce defensively takes the toughest matchup uh, every night. And, you know, that, that, that takes a toll on you. And, you know, he's battling through, you know, fatigue because he guarded Giannis last night. You know, he guards Jimmy Butler tonight. Um, you know, and he shot the ball, you know, very well this year. We have a lot of confidence in him shooting the ball. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't make shots tonight, but he'll make them and he's made them before. Um, George as well. I think George um, comes in and, and he's ready to shoot and his baskets um, are big baskets. You know, a lot of times they're threes, um, but by the same token, you know, I, I think George defensively, you know, has been locked in and, you know, whether he's out on the floor, a lot of times he'll draw a post up um, match up with a guy that posts up. So, you know, I, I feel like both those guys know who they are and they know what they're doing to help our team win. And that's the most important thing. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Q, in spite of the shooting, you know, you guys are up a little bit at halftime. And then at the start of the third quarter, uh, Miami doesn't score in the first 
14 possessions, I want to say. What was working for you guys so well defensively in that stretch that enabled you to turn a five-point game into a 21-point game? Well, in, in the first half, you know, I think all our guys would agree, you know, we, we didn't come out um, as locked in as we need to be, and it, it showed with our efficiency on the offensive end. Um, you know, I, I thought they missed some shots early, which we were fortunate um, that that happened because, you know, we, we weren't down by more um, early in the game. Um, you know, in, in the third quarter, it was a different story. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about our players um, being able to talk to each other, you know, and find situations where we can be better. And, you know, coming out of halftime, you know, I think we were really locked in and we understood more um, that we had to make quicker decisions. They're so good and so quick and so connected defensively um, that if, if the ball stops at all, um, they really lock in on you and they're shifted and it makes it a lot harder. So, you know, our ability to kind of push the ball, you know, and then again, make really quick decisions. And, uh, you know, that's how we want to play. And it's even more important against a team like Miami that, you know, is so sound and so well drilled defensively. Last question, Ryan Miller, KSL. Quinn, just um, how impressed have you been about the level of focus your team has displayed over the last 19 or so games? Well, you know, it's something that, that we've really talked about, um, you know, for a while. And, you know, during, during the course of the year, um, you know, you're not going to play well the whole game. Um, but you can figure out um, when you are sliding and you're making you make a mistake, you can you can dig in and focus more and not make the same mistake again. You know, this is a game of mistakes um, and they're going to come and they're going to happen but it really is a question of how, how you deal with them. And we've been much better um, essentially not letting up, so to speak, um, when we've got a lead. We've played with urgency. And I think just it's a maturation process um, for the group. And it's something that's conscious. You know, it's something that, that we've discussed, that our guys discussed amongst one another. Um, and I think that heightened awareness of when those things are going on, whether it's, you know, trying to go on a run or trying to stop a run, and the things that we can do to impact that. And the most important one is just to be aware of what's happening. It's a focus on those little things that oftentimes end up in runs. Thank you, coach. Appreciate your time. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you, you listen to all his post-game uh, comments, Tim, as we do every night, and, and you see, you know, connective terms and stuff that he brings up a lot. The quick decision thing is something that we've talked a lot about and feels like he's talked a lot about lately. And I think that's been a, a, a huge part of the ball being able to move so freely. Um, you know, every guy wants to catch it and assess the situation. But the reality is that if the ball moves faster than the defense, um, you've got so much better chance to attack. Uh, and what the Jazz are doing is the ball is beating the defense is the Ball's in the air. The defenses happen to move. And then they've got guys on the receiving end that can make a attacking play. And then it just keeps that whole thing ro rolling. So uh, I love that. And I loved what he talked about with focus. I think that's something we pointed out. But um, one thing I'll say is when, when teams win a lot, uh, the players get a lot of the credit. And when teams lose, <laughs> the, the coaches get blamed. Uh, I, I just want to make sure, you know, to echo what David said, we are seeing supreme coaching. Um, not only just uh, game plans and, and that sort of thing, but the way this team is taught and the way that they're held accountable to the things they're taught. 
And that's a big reason why the Jazz are seeing a great deal of success right now. Yeah, it, it does feel like, and, um, you know, David hit on this a great deal, but it, it does feel like it's kind of a culmination of everything that Quinn Snyder has wanted to do. And I think he's finally got the roster to do that, by the way. And we talked about how they were a great defensive club. And then last year, they, the pendulum switched all the way to offense and they kind of had to bring it back to the middle. And, you know, I go back to, you know, Quinn Snyder, uh, his first several years with this club didn't have until really George Hill got here, didn't have a point guard. I mean, they're playing Dante Exum and Trey Burke and all these, you know, no offense to those guys, but certainly not the level of point guard that uh, Quinn Snyder probably was looking for. And it took a minute for the roster to come together to play the way that he wants to play. And I'm sure that has evolved over the years as well. But it just feels like a good fit for this team because they're built to kind of do anything. Yeah. And the. Uh... The thing that I will say, too, is this team, to a man, I, I can't look at one guy and say, uh, on the defensive end, I feel like they've all made strides. You know, And that's something we talked about going into the season. Like Donovan tonight guarded Butler some. You know, And last year, he was always kind of off that matchup. And every guy's kind of stepping up and doing their part defensively. And um, you know, if they can continue to get stops like this and even again on a, on a bad shooting night like this, just to blow Miami away, it talks about how good their defense was. Miami shot 40.7% from the field tonight. Jimmy Butler himself was 3 of 10, 15 points. He did shoot 12 free throws. He was 8 of 12 from the line, just 1 of 2 from 3. He had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. And Jimmy's awesome. And the Jazz played him really, really well. Uh, he was minus 22, and you heard Locke during the broadcast talk a lot about how they struggle traditionally when he's off the floor. Well, they struggled all the way around tonight. Yeah, they did. It just doesn't seem like, again, um, with the guys missing a whole bunch of games and not having your whole roster out there, you, you, you it stunts your team's growth. Um, you, you're not out there, uh, you know, all those nights with the same group of guys, so you're trying to patch it together. And, you know, this team – uh, really, obviously, Jimmy Butler's the, the engine that makes this go. But a guy like Goran Dragic, you know, we talk about all the time the, the stability that guys bring off the bench for the Jazz. That's another guy. You know, they're missing him. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that's a playoff team. They'll be there in the end. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit of a rocky journey till they get everybody ready to go. Avery Bradley's a player, too. Yeah, I he mean, is. You know, they're Solid. missing some guys Solid. That, that would make an impact, certainly on the depth. I mean, that's one thing you notice right away about the Heat team tonight is, you know, they've got – a part of their squad. They don't have the whole thing. They're they're lacking depth at the moment. And I have so much respect for Spolster too, right? He he's a guy who, you know, he he came up as a film guy. Yep. Um, he was actually so Chris Jones at the University of Utah, his uh, director of operations now. But he and Spolster were roommates at the University of Portland together. Really? Yeah, they played uh, at UOP together there. Uh, Chris's first year, so they've known each other for a long time. I love Spolstra's story, how he worked his way up and, and how he, you know, got the confidence of, of Pat Riley in the heat. I think it's a great story. And, you know, what is it for the similar reasons why I like Quinn Snyder's story, as, as David went through it uh, during crosstalk. I mean, he's he's a guy who, you know, kind of journeyed a little bit to, to figure out who he was as a coach, and I'm sure as a person too, and had to take some lumps and then come back and, you know, there's there's always that grateful tone in his voice when he talks about the franchise giving him an opportunity and those sorts of things. And, you know, it's it's interesting. It's not your typical NBA retread or former player or those sorts of things. I like it to recognize the talent, even though it's not from maybe a traditional, you know, uh, route to the job. And I'll tell you, he's been on the scene for a long time. You know, he's had a ton of respect. Um, I, I spent some time this week when Gonzaga came to town with Mark Few, and he raved about Coach Snyder and 
about the type of guy he is and the type of coach he is. Um, but I am, uh, you know, it is definitely something we need to stand back and, and applaud the effort that he and his staff are giving because on a nightly basis, his team's prepared and they, they play really, really well together. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 112 to 94 is final. Jazz beat the heat. We'll have a player sound for you, and we'll continue to break this one down next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The final score: Jazz beat the Heat one twelve to ninety four. They move to twenty two and five on the season. Absolutely on fire. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look at your points in the paint tonight. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You. Do live tonight. Uh, points in the paint, coach. Uh, the Jazz outscored the Heat 54 to 40. As uh, they were really, I mean, uh, Coach Snyder talked about this uh, too. They made a real concerted effort uh, there to get to the rim in the third quarter, get that momentum uh, going at the basket. And uh, it didn't matter if the threes weren't falling tonight. They took enough of them to spread everybody out and then took advantage. And, and they were great attacking the basket. Uh, Miami was so worried about giving up threes that they were not, you know, it was a little different tonight. We weren't getting as much on pick and roll, but the drives were there. And the way they broke that game in the second quarter, like you said, Boyan was awesome a couple times. Joe took it all the way to the rim. But uh, just another way to break a team's back and um, great use of transition by the team to get that going. I still am, am, I guess I shouldn't say surprised by the level of defense that this team is able to play. Because any team with Rudy Gobert, I mean, you you, you know, you're going to have a defensive edge to you, no doubt about it. But, I mean, they, they were so great on defense tonight. And just look, uh, you know, I, I love that cliche on a string, but that's what it looked like, all moving together. Yeah, and that, and that can be, you know, that's exactly what you want to get to. The thing that I've noticed that, and Quinn talked about it uh, before the season started, but one area he felt like they really could improve is overhelp. And, uh, you know, so much of that is, just like on an offensive play, every guy's got a spot that they need to be in. And, um, you know, if a guy gives too much help, particularly on, you know, with regard to who he's guarding, mm-hmm. leaves too far and it gives up a shot or maybe an over-rotation. But the Jazz have been so good at, uh, at getting everybody in the right spot and not committing too much to help and giving giving things up that way. You know, the first person this year that I heard bring up that not over help or help too much was Mike Conley. You remember that? I yeah. it was like a week into the season or two weeks into the I season. And he was asked, you know, what one of the big differences was this year. And he talked about defensively and having Rudy behind him. And so knowing not, when not to help or when uh, help wasn't needed, that's, that's interesting. That's continued to be a theme. Yeah. And that it's definitely something I see because it, they did get, stuck in a lot of tough situations last year. And I feel like that that's something uh, guys have a better understanding. And again, that's coaching a, a better understanding of where to be on the floor and uh, you know, when their help's required and when it's not. But yeah, that was something you didn't have to tell Jimmer back in the day. Don't overhelp. Yes. He was an underhelper. 
Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit we of We used to joke, helper. people were like, what's that defense you guys played? We'd say it was a 2 2 zone. <laughs> and have Jimmer. Well, that's resting. only four guys. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a 2 2 zone. <laughs> Sorry, we love Jimmer on the show. I love show. Jimmer. I don't mean to pick on Jimmer. No, no. no. I, I, it's Jim- just something, you know, it's just funny. It's just something you don't often hear with other teams. I no, mean, other right. teams without Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's <laughs> overhelping is not usually mm-hmm. a problem. But it, overhelping is, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's a, uh, just like bad shot selection or, uh, you're not blocking out. It's just a bad habit you get into defensively, and your 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 motives are good. You want to be there to help, but when you're not when it's not required, you're better off being closer to the guy that can actually do damage. All right, let's go back down to the media room uh, where George Niang is being made available. All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the Athletic. George, what's the importance of um, you know staying ready? in terms of a night like this where, you know, shots are not going down and you kind of have to go to, to, to other guys to, to, uh, to, to get production that you might not get on a nightly basis? Um, I think it's extremely important. Um, you know, we've had a tough stretch coming up we, uh, that we've just played in and, you know, some more tough games coming up. Um, so I think it's important that everybody stays ready. Uh, the you know, coach always says the strength of the team is the team. So I think a lot of us guys, um, especially in the bench unit, um, try to always stay ready because just like tonight showed, you never know. I mean, you make a couple of shots, uh, someone messes up an assignment, you score some points and impact the game like Mie did even with his offensive rebounding. Um, I think all of us are just bought in on finding ways in our role that we can impact winning. And, and when you have that, it you know, it shows in itself. I mean, we're winning games. Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, George. Coach was saying that, good, man, good win. Uh, Coach was saying that you're going to have some mistakes throughout the game, but it's a question of how you deal with those mistakes. How do you feel that you guys are dealing with that during this stretch? And just what improvements are you seeing there? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, you're never going to play a perfect game. And I think Coach has said it before, no team has ever been shut out in the NBA. Um, so, obviously, we know we're going to make mistakes, but it's just moving on to the next play. You know, if we turn the ball over, sprint back on defense. Um, Coach does a really good job of hammering home the little things with us, whether that's not talking to the ref after a play or making sure we run back on defense or making the extra pass. And I think those little things add up on a night-to-night basis and – that's how you win games and other teams lose games because they refuse to do or hold each other accountable to do those little things. And I think that's one thing, especially after the playoff series last year and our ups and downs that coaches put his foot down on is, you know, being an all-stars at the little things. John Kuhn, AP. George, uh, the last few games, you've had multiple players on the team get at least five assists uh, we're talking like three, four different guys getting at least five assists over the past few games. When, when you're seeing the ball moving around and just seeing that kind of efficiency with passing, how how fun is it and, and, and how dangerous does it make this offense, even on a night like this where maybe the shots aren't falling early? Uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun. You know, when you play really fast and the ball's moving and everybody has an opportunity to touch it, um, it's like passing money around at a casino. Everybody gets a little piece. And, uh, you know, I think everybody knows how that feels. Well, at least I hope you know how that feels winning. 
Um, so uh, I think it's a fun style of basketball. I think we're an extremely tough team to guard, but I, I think what really puts our team over the top is our, our defensive strength. Uh, you know, Rudy has done a great job throughout the year of anchoring this defense. And I think everybody has brought their level of defense up just because we know that's what's going to help us win games. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, George, that's actually exactly what I wanted to ask you about. You guys start the quarter, the third quarter on that 16-0 run uh, because Miami goes its first 14 possessions of the quarter without scoring. What was working for you guys uh, defensively so well in that stretch? <laughs> uh, we're going to do a dual, dual interview here. Uh, yeah. I, I just think, you know, we were doing a great job of, you know, getting on passing lanes, making them do things that they didn't want to do. And, you know, we played really fast once off turnovers and defensive rebounds, and that led to the 16-0 run. Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. Log jam, log jam, log jam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, George, speaking of that, and actually going back to that conversation, Yes. Uh, no, don't do, don't do that. No, 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 no. Well, you said one of the things you wanted to do was improve your on-ball defense, and you've done that this year. So beyond just saying like, oh, I'm going to try harder, what is it? Like, how do you become a better on-ball defender? Uh, You've been watching me a little bit. You've been watching me. Yeah, no, uh, I'm surrounded by great guys that know how to play play defense, so asking them questions on a constant basis. He slides to his car. He slides to the fridge. He slides to the ice bath. He slides everywhere. This just went downhill, but you get the gist of it. Uh, being around great guys that uh, constantly, you know, are helping me play angles and, and uh, you know, make guys take shots that they don't want to take. Uh, and obviously taking pride in it and uh, wanting to win and, and be better in my role. And I know by playing defense and uh, being better, uh, being better positioned and playing defense is going to be better for the team. Thanks. George. All right, George. That's it. Thank you. George Niang right there with guest appearances from Joe Ingles and uh, Royce O'Neal. And, and George was great tonight. Five of nine from the field, four of six from three, 14 points. Then you got to love seeing the five assist number, and he grabbed uh, three rebounds as well. So a uh, great night for George. And George is a guy who, you know, early in the year, especially when the Jazz were scuffling around, um, you know, there were times where George just didn't look like he was, was fitting with this team the way it was going. But, man, has that changed in – I think he hit on something in talking about, you know, he, he credited Mie with offensive rebounding. But, you know, the, the quote from him that I really appreciated was, you know, we are all focused on what role we can play to affect winning. And, uh, again, that's what we see, and that's the message that, you know, has being, been served up from what we see on the floor. And to hear that uh, time and time again, and even when they're messing around, a couple dudes in there, uh, that, it definitely goes downhill when you get more than one player in one of those things. All right, let's go back down to the media room. Let's hear from Joe Ingles. Oh, excuse me. Let's hear from Royce O'Neill. Apologies. All right, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Royce, on a night when, you know, you guys aren't making three-pointers quite as efficiently as you usually do, what was kind of the key to the defensive effort that you had, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, especially that late second, early third quarter stretch where you guys really kind of took control? Um, yeah, we know, uh, I mean, we're a hell of a shooting team, but we know that 
you know, our shots are going to fall some games. So we know our defense is what's going to really keep us in the games. And, you know, first half, we, we were a little slowed. And, you know, coming out in the third quarter, we knew we had to pick it up. You know, starting myself and then everybody followed by. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Obviously, they get a lot of that out of that. Jimmy Butler, Bam at a bio pick and roll. How did you guys want to defend that tonight? And why were you ultimately so successful at, at it? Uh, just making, you know, making things tough for them, you know, taking away their shots, uh, you know, trying to beat them to the spot, uh, making them have different reads, you know, at least try to limit them, you know, shooting the ball, attacking the basket. So just making things tough for them, um, you know, feed them in the Rudy, you know, him blocking shots and everybody rotating on the defensive end. Just a quick follow-up. Um, you've had a couple of plays this year where you've, you've swiped the ball away in transition and got all ball and stopped the fast break. Is there a secret there? Is there something that how, – how do you time that as well as you do? I mean, I just, I just got quick hands, I guess. You know, <laughs> try, to, try to be in the right spot at the right time, you know. Thanks. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Obviously, we were just talking to George. When you got a guy like that who wants to soak up everything defensively that he can, are there things that you tell him specifically, or is it just the work that maybe he puts in in the gym with you being one of the best defenders on the team? Obviously, he's a guy that you look to. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, George, he always wants to learn every day, you know. Um, I mean, for myself, I'm still learning. But, uh, you know, he asked me questions. And I think just his work that, uh, you know, on the court and off the court, you know, he wants to get better. He's taking pride in playing defense, you know, as he because he knows he's a capable shooter. So I think, you know, that pride that he got, you know, has helped him out a lot this season. Christo Salta, Sport DNA, Greece. Congratulations on the win. Let's ask you, it was kind of a personal win for you to uh, – the matchup with Jimmy Butler tonight, and also, what was the most enjoyable part of uh, the tonight's game for for your team? The Jazz won. That was the best part. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you, Royce. All right, there you go, Royce O'Neal, who uh, was very important tonight. His defense on on Jimmy Butler was excellent. Royce finished the game with eight points, seven boards, four assists, three steals, and three block shots. And we've got a, a great stat coming up a little later on in the show for you about Royce's line tonight. But uh, man, he he just plays such a critical role on this team. He and he knows what it's going to be every night. You know, he's going to. He did a great job guarding uh, Jimmy. Made him really work hard for shots. And, um, you know, like he said, he, he made a couple swipe plays. The first one surprised me. It almost looked like a, a hatchet foul, but he, he does have quick hands and is able to move that ball around. But uh, you really can't understate what, what Royce is doing from, a, you know, just a making shot standpoint and guarding the best player standpoint. He's doing a little bit of everything, and he's, he's certainly giving the Jazz everything he has. How did Locke put it? Uh, didn't he call it the rattlesnake strike, uh, that uh, yeah. swipe at the ball? That's right. Quick. Bam, get it out of there. Yep. yep, and that's what he did. Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, uh, we do we will have more player sound for you. Uh, we also will have our stat nuggets coming Please. in from our friend uh, Tyson Ewing. I've already seen those roll in. We've got some really good ones tonight from him. So stay tuned. Jazz beat the Heat tonight, 112-94. Jazz postgame continues on next here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. 112 to 94 is your final. Uh, we were just laughing about this off the air. Uh, I, the, there's a, a Twitter uh, that I follow. It's at uh, Mona, it's Monologue, but she, she just goes by Moni. Anyway, she's great. She puts out uh, the <laughs> opposing Reddit comments in a nice uh, uh, digestible form. Yeah, digestible form. And this was one of the uh, the last comments, and I got you got to love this. Uh, so this is coming from a Heat fan that says, "I love Ingles, but there's no way he wasn't a chimney sweep in a previous <laughs> life." <laughs> and, and of course, being my age, I go right to Dick Van Dyke oh. on top of the Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins dancing around. Uh. Is that Mary Poppins? <laughs> I'm a chimney sweep. I wonder if you. You know, just put up that a... Is, that is so descriptive. I wonder if you just put up a, a picture of Joe to in front of a bunch of non-NBA fans say, what does this man do for a living? I wonder what kind of answers you'd get. Chimney, Chimney sweep. sweep. Chimney sweep is pretty good. And he'd <laughs> actually laugh at that, I think. I think he would, too. So anyway, sorry for that uh, that side note, but uh, that was pretty funny. You sent me that, and I'm reading through them, so I'm going to try to find one. Oh, she does it after every game. Uh, uh, she's, a, she's a must follow. In fact, since uh, – hold on. Let me get her exact Twitter account so we can uh, give her credit. But I, I absolutely l- read it after every single game. Let's see here. At uh, M-O-N-I-L-O-G-U-E, at Monologue. I'm following. Yeah, check it out. Uh, she, she's also really funny, so – all right, uh, there you go. Uh, let's get to, let's get a look at your master the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. And proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Uh, uh, Tim, I'll give you a couple of guesses. What do you think, Master of the Glass tonight? Uh, Rico Bear. Yes, he was. 12 rebounds for Rudy. He only had one offensive rebound tonight. The Jazz actually had 10 offensive rebounds as a team. Mie Oni, of all people, led the, led the team with three offensive boards. But overall, on the glass, Jazz uh, beat the Heat 48-43. to 43. And there were actually stretches in the game where they were being out-rebounded by Miami, but uh, managed to come back on top again. Yeah, if you just stay the course, do what you do. And this has been... Something that we've talked about pretty much every night, the Jazz are a, uh, as good as they are shooting it, passing it, defending, they're an elite rebounding team. And the way they play, you know, that the rebound definitely launches everything else to be able to get stops. And then now they're using it on the offensive side for, to their advantage too. Yep. Uh, Rudy tonight, 16 points, 12 rebounds, three block shots, and was just uh, awesome on the defensive end. You know, you and I laugh every time we see a guard or a wing get into the paint and then just turn right around and leave. And now I I will hear David forever calling it Go Bear Land. Yep, uh, I I think of that often. You know what I, I thought that. of is I play Candyland with my kids. I'm sure you've played Candyland. Uh-huh. And you get stuck in the in the gumdrop land. That's Go Bear Land. That's Go Bear yeah. Land right Everything's there. Everything's sticky. It's hard, to, it's hard to move, and you have no idea what the dude's going to do next. Speaking of Rudy... He is standing by in the media room. All right, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So on a night when 
the threes weren't dropping quite as efficiently as they do uh, sometimes for you guys. What was kind of the key defensively starting in the late second and then obviously that, that big run in the early part of the third quarter for you guys tonight? Well, like you said, you know, uh, defense, we know that, you know, the shots are not always going to fall. Uh, it's basketball, but we know that we get a chance to win every single night with our defense. And uh, we did that. You know, I think uh, first half, I think we did a great job defensively. And, uh, you know, second half, we did, we kept it going even better. And uh, the shots started to fall and we were able to get away from them that way. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Rudy, how deep uh, a basketball team have um, improvement on the outer edges, like people like Royce and, and George? How deep has that made you guys as a basketball I mean, I think it's a big part of what, why we're able to play that way and why it is not easy to, to game plan against us is that we have so many guys that do so many different things for, for the team and for one another. And, you know, and we all try to keep getting better and better. You know, we, we still feel like we have a long way to go. Uh, like I said, you know, both individually and collectively. And, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to be a part of. John Kuhn, AP. Rudy, uh, when, when the shots weren't falling, on the on the perimeter in the, in the first quarter and the second quarter, you guys really made an effort to to get in and attack the paint. What, what does that say about this offense that you're able to to generate shots and generate looks other ways rather than just relying on the three pointer? I mean, we know that you know people see the threes and talk about the threes, but we don't get the threes unless we get some kind of pressure to the rim, whether it's me rolling to the basket or, or guys attacking the basket, you know, and when we have guys that are really good at creating those, you know, those uh, advantages, then we're able to have the defense commit and try to take away the rim and we're able to have all those threes. And that's what makes it so hard. You know, we, we're able to get really, really good, you know, pressure on the rim and, and uh, the defense has to make decisions and they were being very physical early. Um, you know, and we, our guys most, mostly, and, and myself, you know, we we just kept fighting. We kept fighting. We didn't back down, and uh, we played through that physicality, and we were able to get to the line to get uh, offensive rebounds, and uh, that's what kept us in the game in the first half. Second half, we decided, you know, to just keep shooting, keep shooting the shots. Uh, if there's an each open, shoot the ball, and, uh, you know, the shots start falling. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey, Rudy, I'm just curious, has it been easier to stay focused, to stay locked in as this winning stretch has gone on? Uh, there's nothing easy. You know, it's, uh, like I said, we, we really try to, to enjoy the process, enjoy ourselves, but there's nothing easy. You know, every single team, if there's anything, it's, it's harder, <laughs> you know, when uh, every team is trying to come in and, and uh, make a statement by beating you. Uh, you know, we know that... Uh, you know, every night is a challenge, and uh, that's the way we approach every single game. You know, every team is different. Uh, you know, everything has been dealing with what they've been dealing. Some teams are more talented, some teams aren't, but we know that every team that steps here is trying to beat us. And, you know, for us, every night is an opportunity to 
to get better and uh and you know and uh and, and it's a grind you know every single night Tim mcmahon espn what's up rudy uh how would you describe royce o'neill's impact defensively Our defensive team you know that's where he should be at the end of the season if he keeps it going uh you know every single night he has a challenge, whether it's guarding uh, a power forward, uh, somebody like Yanis, or guarding a guard, you know, a talented guard. Uh, he's most of the time guarding the best player, uh, the best scoring player. So it's, uh, you know, he's bringing it every single night, and uh, you know, he's a big part of what we do. And uh, and offensively, you know, he's, uh, I mean, his shot is, when he shoots the ball, I'm confident that he's going in every time. You know, so it's, it's been improving a lot. It's been putting a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, is a big part of why, you know, we've been able to be so successful. Maxime Lagordes, the free agent. Bonjour, Rudy. Hi. Hi, Rudy. Um, how do you explain uh, the repeat of, of your performances night after night, especially in a back-to-back -back game as tonight? I mean, it's our, it's our commitment. You know, we know that uh, playing on a back-to-back, -back, uh, you might get tired. You know, the shots might not go in, but uh, if our mind and, uh, you know, he's there and uh, we're able to focus and, and play as a team, uh, we know that we're going to have a chance to win every single night. And tonight was exactly one of those games when, you know, they came, they came out, they, they were very physical, they punched us in the face, but we, you know, we didn't overreact to our shots not falling. We kept playing defense. Uh, you know, we kept grinding and we kept attacking them. You know, and uh, at, the, at the end, you know, we, when uh, in second half, like I said, you know, when we kept defending, we kept defending and we were able to knock down the shots. Uh, we were able to win this game. All right, that's it. Thank you, Rudy. Rudy Gobert right there, and Rudy is is terrific. There's no doubt about it. But how about those words for Royce O'Neal? Thinks he should be on the all-defensive team. That's how important he is and his defense is to this team. And Rudy knows a little about defense, I think. He does. Yes, I believe so. Two-time um, defensive player of the year? Yep, soon to be three. I think the, the, that's – if he's ever earned it, this is a year. But, um, you know, that's got to be nice. Uh, Royce being a guy who, you know, things like that – Again, a leader throws a little nugget to one of his guys. Um, great job by Rudy, you know, just kind of calling it like it is. Talked about some of the mundane stuff, you know. How do you get yourself prepared to dominate on a back-to-back? Because -back? we're committed. Simple, right? The, a lot of the stuff that a lot of teams are still trying to figure out, the roles and whose balls, who's going to shoot this time and all that stuff, that's all worked out already. Yeah. So that's why this team can really function, focus on some of the bigger stuff. And I'll paraphrase this, but my, my favorite part of that interview from Rudy where he, where he said basically is, everybody talks about the threes, but you know we're not getting those shots unless I'm doing my thing, right? I mean, again, I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, essentially that's what he said, and he's right. You know, if the to get those open shots, um, it, you know, they've got to pay attention. If they're paying attention to Rudy Gobert and what's going on in the paint, that's when those shots are open. And then have, we've seen multiple times this year you know, if they decide to hug the shooters, Rudy's going to feast. That's what we saw uh, last night against Milwaukee. There, There is a real parallel to the way that football works where, you know, you hear all the time that run, great run game sets up a pass. And I do believe that this, you know, the rim has to be a threat. There has to be a threat 
for a a roller uh, or b teams you know guys being able to drive it all the way there and without that you don't have the the help and all the spacing you know it, but I, I agree with Rudy it has to be rim first and what the Jazz did tonight was the threes weren't falling so it was rim exclusively there for yeah. a while. All right, let's get to uh, some of our stats from our friend Tyson Ewing tonight. Uh, he's been busy sending us over a bunch of them. Of course, Tyson does uh, stats for the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast. You can follow him on Twitter at TyEwing2. That's at T-Y-E-W-I-N-G-2. And he always sends us uh, a bunch of stats after the game. They're always good. Uh, today, uh, or tonight, of course, is no different. All right, here we go, Tim. Utah scored on just 35% of their first quarter possessions. They scored on 60% of their next 70 possessions between the second and fourth quarters. Miami scored on just 35% of their 74 possessions between the first and third quarters, 62% of their 26 possessions in the fourth. How about that? Well, it's a lot of pie being broken down there. little section here, section there. Um, The Jazz ended up winning... The more important stretches of that, uh, I would say the fourth quarter was empty calories. They were like eating a bag of Cheetos late at night. But yet, it, it is funny because it seems like Lock and Boone, every time it gets down to like 15. It's down like, to 16. <laughs> we have got to do something quick. Here they come. Because if it gets to 10, we're going to have a real issue. <laughs> All right, here we go. Some more stuff coming in from our friend Tyson. He says, uh, Utah outscored Miami 32-6. to between the 6.51 mark of the second quarter and the 5.51 mark of the third quarter. That's 13 total game minutes. Whew. That is domination. That is domination. Hold them to just six points. In and it's domination game. by Ty to find all this stuff. Stat uh, domination. In that 13-minute stretch, Miami scored on just three of their 27 possessions, and the Jazz forced seven turnovers in that stretch. <laughs> Offense, defense, offense, man. A lot of different ways to to get it done. All right. uh, He labels this one as a wild one. All right. You ready for this? Royce finished with eight points, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, and three blocks. Oh, I like this. This is the first time a Jazz player has finished with at least five, five, three, three, and three since uh, Epe Udo on uh, December 16th of 2017 at Cleveland. He had 9.7 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and six blocks. This is also just the ninth time a player has had at least five, five, three, three, and three this season. That hurts my head. It's pretty amazing, though. I mean, we remember always remember the the Karolinko five by five games, oh, right? Absolutely, I mean, we loved it. So unique, and to have such a, a, a you know wide ranging impact on the game is is certainly fantastic. Uh, this is now the sixth time in the last nine games where Utah has hit 20-plus free throws in a game, which is something that we've kind of tried to follow along with. Another nice trend. That's an area, again, where threes aren't falling, can't get to the rim, get to the line. Uh, and Donovan in particular, by the way. I mean, yeah, I know he didn't hit 13 like he did last night, but he was still really good at it. He's getting better. He's figuring it out. Yep. Uh, let's see. This, of course, the stat that we're following, we alluded to earlier. Jordan Clarkson finished with four rebounds. Jazz are now 28 and three when Jordan Clarkson has four uh, or more rebounds in a game. What sound effect when he gets his fourth could we shoot out there? I the, don't know. Like a we air horn something. or something, like an <laughs> air raid siren. Game's over. Uh-huh. Just call it. 
It's it, game's it's over. over. I know he's just gotten four rebounds here in the first quarter, so Jazz are gonna win. Uh, let's see more with Royce uh, with his line of eight point seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, and three blocks. Only three other Jazz players have ever had at least that stat line. You want to take a guess at the three? No. I don't think you'll get all three. You'll get one because we just talked about it. Andre Karolinko. Who did it 16 times. Carl. Oh, I actually, I saw this. So I know one it? of them. He, it was one of my all-time favorite jazz guys. Carl did it nine times, and then Rich Kelly did it twice. Number 44. He, <laughs> Rich Kelly was with the jazz when they first came to town. And I remember he had hair kind of like me now and a beard kind of like mine. And he looked like he lived in a station wagon, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> Could be a chimney sweep with, with Joe Ingles. I don't know. Maybe a locksmith. A locksmith. Wow. All right. So there you go. There's our, our stat nuggets coming from our friend Tyson Ewing, who uh, who's come out with some good ones. And then I want to throw uh, this last one. Tim McMahon tweeted this out. Uh, the Jazz have uh, 16 double-digit wins during their 18-1 and stretch. Uh, only two other teams have had 16 double-digit wins in a 19-game span, the 1970-71 Bucks and the 08-09 Cavs. 70-71 Bucks, is that Kareem? It's got to be, right? Kareem. Oscar. And, and who'd you say, 2008? 2009 Cleveland Cavaliers. One LeBron James. LeBron F. James. Yep. Frickin'. So that's, I mean, that's that's pretty nuts. Good company. Right there. Yeah, that's that's. We keep saying, company. right, we're seeing stuff we haven't seen before a lot around here, and that just goes to prove that it, that is a true statement that's valid. Yeah, we're just, we're, we're seeing something that you rarely see anywhere. I mean, it's pretty. And we're having a, a doggone good time doing it. I, I will tell you that. We laugh a lot in here. And they've beat the Pacers, Celtics, Bucks and Heat in one week. And the best part is we got a day and we get to come back and watch them play the Sixers. Awesome. What a stretch. Let's line these up, man. What a stretch. This is like when you get on a, a heater in 2K and you, you're like one in the morning, you're like, I'm going to play one more because I am just lights out right now. You play one more game, it's two in the morning, and you got to make that big decision. Do I play another one or go to bed? Gordon and I, uh, when we were talking about this particular stretch uh, going through the the Clipper game, you know, those six games starting with Boston, uh, I thought if they could get three out of four at home, that would be a total victory. And they've already done they've it. They've sat on that, yeah. They've already done it. Yeah, I was asked that question this week too. And the funny thing is, is now the expectation when the Jazz play is what? That they're, they're going to win. win every game, yep. right? So – Obviously, a loss just like the Denver one will creep up at some point. Um, but the the Jazz are playing at a level right now that you know it's going to take a really a special effort to get to beat them. All right, go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz are red hot. Uh, they beat the Heat tonight, 112 to 94. We'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts coming up next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Pass deflected and stolen by O'Neal. O'Neal to the basket. O'Neal jams it. It just keeps getting better. 
There's our guy, David Locke, with the play of the game for you. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. It is your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jazz beat the Heat 112-94. to Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, uh, Tim, we have not gotten to the three-point feature yet tonight, and that's probably because it wasn't a, a huge factor. It wasn't that much of a feature. Uh, it's brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. The Jazz tonight from three, 26%, 12 of 46. Uh, George Niang was by far the best three-point shooter tonight, four of six for uh, George coming in off the bench. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was three of 12. Uh, Joe Ingles was one for five. Bogdanovich, two for six. Royce, 0 for 3. And uh, let's see, Dimension Clarkson, 2 for 9, coming in off the bench. Is, is, is this, did I miss this part in the game? Rudy Gobert was 0 for 1 from 3? He took that uh, half court. Oh, yeah, of course, at the end of the quarter. It looked I graceful, thought, too. I thought, was I across the hall in the restroom or something? Did I miss Rudy Jack in a 3? See, that's why so many guys just hold on to it. They don't want that 0 for. <laughs> right, that is. Or accidentally shoot it right after the buzzer sounds. Like, oh, just a touch Dang slow. It. Dang it. Too bad. So, yeah, but uh, but tonight, Tim, wasn't about the three-point shot. Tonight really was about defense and, uh, and ball movement, I thought. It was about teamwork to me. Um, you know, I used to write a ton, like, recruiting letters and quotes and things like that. And there were two that stood out to me. And, and as I uh, was looking through some notes, you know, this Jazz team reminds me of one's of, of Babe Ruth. And he said, the way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if they don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime. Hmm. And I love that. And I think there's a lot of merit there. Um, you know, is George Niang uh, the best guy coming off the bench in the league? No, but I'm telling you what, he, he brings a major lift to this Jazz team because he understands what his role is and he goes in and does it. Uh, Mia Ioni's a, a similar guy. Clarkson, just go down the list. And then the, the, the second quote is the one by Michael Jordan. And he said, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. And I think there is a whole lot to what David said, that this is a culmination of Quinn's time here. And he's had a master vision and a plan, but the way this organization's worked to get the right pieces. And you and I talked about the difference between a team switching you when you have three shooters on the floor and a team switching you when you have four. Right. Um, it's a major difference. Spacing is so important on the offensive side, but – the only reason that it's important and is, is something you can attack is if guys are willing to share it and make the right play, and we're seeing that night after night after night. Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned this play a bunch during the, the postgame, obviously, but that seven-pass possession where Bogdanovich got to drive it from the corner not once but twice and eventually ended up in uh, finding Rudy for a dunk. I mean, it's just it, it, it's amazing. You just don't see it. Another play tonight, Rudy's making that uh, great job. I call it a spray pass. But when when teams really sink in the paint on him uh, and are kind of halfway between their guy and him, he's doing a great job of identifying. That's a great time to throw that where he gets the, the pick-and-roll pass and then he throws that to the yep. corner opposite him. And he's getting better at that. It's just another facet of how this sprinkler, you know, how this blender thing can work. He's got his eyes out, right? Got his eyes up, yep. Mm -hmm. Eyes out and up and making a play. Rudy just keeps getting better and better. He, he really does. He, he improves his game, and people keep not appreciating it, and it keeps motivating Rudy to get better. So. I'll tell you what, we'll appreciate it. We'll, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those guys who never really understood 
because um, I didn't watch him enough, but you watch him and, and you, you have a real affinity for the way he plays the game. Well, I mean, that play you were talking about where he, he blocked Bam in the dunk spot, and then Jimmy Butler gets the offensive rebound and he turns right around and blocks, blocks the putba- uh, putback. Yep. I just don't know who else in the league can really do that. Yeah, I mean, very rarely gets himself in a bad position, right? He's always on it, on balance, you know, always straight up, but certainly affecting shots. And he somehow doesn't foul. I mean, that was that was a big issue with Rudy when he first got in the league, right? I mean, like a lot of bigs. Like, uh, look at uh, Doak when we've seen him out on the floor. I mean, they're just fouling machines because they're, you know. Rudy had one personal foul tonight. And, and this speaks again to a guy like Al Jensen. Al's his guy, right? You yep. go out and watch pregame and those guys are working together and he's working with them at the line he's working with them when it's post moves he's doing a great job of identifying where those passes come from um but i i know i've said it a few times and i i'm partial to coaching but this uh this staff is doing an awesome job yeah no doubt all right let's uh let's get some final thoughts from you tim before we close the book on this one tonight and enjoy our sunday off well we called this the gauntlet and you know this this was going to be a week where, hey, the, the Jazz are going to – the competition is going to stiffen. We're going to see some teams in here. We're going to see some guys in here that we've seen, um, you know, Giannis and Jimmy Butler, what they did last year with their teams, um, you know, in the playoffs. But, again, the Jazz, it just really is more a mere speed bump. Um, Miami did a good job of trying to uh, affect the game physically and, and throw a couple different wrinkles. Spolstra – you know, is as good in my mind as Quinn is at that. And the Jazz, you know, the difference tonight is it affected them for a minute, but it did not affect their defense or their energy. They continued to battle and play. In a game like that where you shoot the ball, not you don't shoot the ball well, and, you you know, you lose interest in guard, and those things can get away from you. Uh, but the Jazz hung in there, and those two spurts, they, they hit a 10-0 and an 11-0 tonight. Um, and we know when they do that, they're usually there, and when they do that, they're going to win. Um, so, again, a lot of really positive things to look at. I think another piece you brought up, Donovan getting to the line, another kind of way this team's improving. Donovan's improving, and it's just helping them figure out ways to, to be you know, efficient on the offensive side. 18 of 19, Tim. 18 of 19, and we're watching every bit of it. <laughs> Man, just uh, the, the hottest team in the league, best team in the league right now, uh, bar none, the Utah Jazz, 18 of 19, just, uh, just amazing. All right, we want to say uh, thank you to Lock and Boone. Uh, fine job for them uh, calling the game, as always. I uh, want to say thanks to Andrew Sorensen, our broadcast assistant for tonight. Uh, thanks to Alex Lundberg, also known as Lundy, executive producer of Jazz Game Night, doing fine work as usual. Thanks to the title sponsor of the post game. That would be Mark Miller's Subaru. Go Where Love Takes You in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller's Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tim, thank you, sir. Bazooka! <laughs> what was that again? We've had so many well, of those yeah, tonight. Well, that was, oh, that was going to be our, our uh, when, oh, when we'll Jordan yeah. grabs that fourth the rebound. The old Model T. That's the rest, be the sound. You know, the rest should just really blow the game dead. Just call it good. <laughs> Jordan got his fourth, everyone. Locke always talks about the Elam ending. Let's yeah. just do the Clarkson the ending. The Clarkson ending. He's got four rebounds. The game's over. Drive That's safe it. going home tonight, man. Great being with you. Yeah, you too. I heard the heard that it's a little blustery out there around the point of the mountain. So uh, certainly be safe down there. Uh, Jazz beat the Heat tonight, one twelve to ninety four. Up next, our next broadcast Monday night, the Seventy Sixers are in town. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons tip off for that game will be at seven o'clock. Pre-game begins at six, and you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.